Hi, I'm Samantha Varner, and this is the She Needs Grit podcast, the show where I dig into how to prioritize profit in your business and build an empire using grit and strategy and doing it in a simple, no BS kind of way. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to She Needs Grit podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Varner, and I am really pumped up today. So I have a huge, fun episode for you guys in store. This is the first of my interview episodes. So as you know, if you've been a longtime listener, I have been doing solo podcasts for a while now, and I am really pumped up to be able to bring on some guests onto the podcast, change up the voices that you hear on this podcast, give you some insight and some inspiration from some of the women that I have around me in my network, and just allow you an opportunity to listen in, eavesdrop in on the conversations that I try and have on the regular with people in my life. And they inspire me, you guys. And so We're kicking it off. You will know um, that if you listened to last week's episode, that was an episode of me getting interviewed. And so a little bit of a role reversal there. But today is the first time I'm interviewing someone on the She Needs Grit podcast. And today's guest is Becca Pike. She is, I mean, guys, she's a badass. She is... um, just an amazing woman in so many different ways. First and foremost, Becca is my personal coach. So I am in her mastermind program and I am absolutely loving it. I have gained so much value and so much knowledge and so much just experience from being part of this mastermind group that Becca put together. And I cannot thank her enough. In addition to running a mastermind, Becca also has a bricks and mortar in Lexington, Kentucky as a massage. It's a massage business. It's called Massage Strong. So if you're in Kentucky or you're driving through, then go get a massage at Massage Strong. But she also is a business coach online and she runs a mentorship that I'm part of, a mastermind that I'm part of, and she runs another group called Three More. So Get ready, you guys. This is a great episode. We had a fantastic conversation. Um, So much of what Becca says is right in line with how I think as well, which is why, of course, I was attracted to her in the beginning when I was looking for my next coach. So listen in, comment, share a review if you listen to this episode. I would love to hear your opinion on our new plan with guests. All right, guys. Hi, Becca. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here. So to everybody who might not know, I do talk a lot on this podcast about how important I think coaching is in developing your skills and your abilities. And I talk about all the time how I have coaches. Well, here's Becca. She's my coach, along with a whole lot of other things. But I wanted to bring her on to share some of the goodness of what I get to hear as her client, but also just, I want to talk about women entrepreneurs and how badass women making money 
is such a big deal. So Becca, can you give yourself an introduction? Tell us a little bit about who you are in all facets. Yes, I would love to. Thank you. Um, my name is Becca Pike. I am first and foremost, a wife and a mom of four kiddos, ages four through 13. And um, I own two businesses. I have a brick and mortar uh, deep tissue massage therapy company. And then I also have an online business, Hell Yes Coaching, where I business mentor people like yourself. Yes. So I love, I love how many things we have in common. I think it's cool that we're both coaches. I think it's really cool that we're both moms to four kids and kind of, you've got a little bit of a younger range, but essentially... Yeah, I'm now with like a 14 and a 12 and a 10 and an 8. So I think moms who have four kids and manage to, I don't know, get up and put on pants, but also run a business, that's a big job. It's a big job. Yeah. How do you find that at your house in the morning? Yeah, first of all, moms with any kids, <laughs> like it is just, it's hard, you know? And it's yeah. funny because whenever I had one kid, I thought that was hard. And then two and then three. I feel like honestly it gets easier the more you have, to be honest. I, like they start like taking care of each other. Or maybe my standards lowered. I don't know what happened, but <laughs> something happened, it got easier. But yeah. um yeah, you know, to be completely honest, I am extremely lucky with the partner that I have. He is all in on helping with the kids, getting them up and ready and dressed, and he does a lot of the cooking and it's very much a 50-50 split in this house when it comes to raising the kids and going to work and all of that. So that's just the biggest foundation for mm -hmm. success, I feel like. And so I really lucked into that. But, you know, otherwise, I, to be honest, I try to just give myself a lot of grace. Like I'm running big companies. I'm running, you know, I've got a lot of employees. And when it comes to being a mom, I do the very best I can. And that is good enough, right? Like I am yeah. present when they are home and I am trying. And I think that those two things equal a great mom. Am I the mom that like goes to the school functions all the time and like volunteers and like does all that shit? No, I never will be. But I'm present and I try. And to me, that is what makes it easy to juggle all the things that we juggle. I think that's so true. And I love... I want every listener that's out there listening to this that is a mom to know that that's exactly the standard you should have for yourself. That you try, right? That you show up in the way that your kids actually need, not the way that we think we're supposed to because that is just garbage sometimes, that expectation of, yeah, whether you're, if you love being a PTA mom, then go hard. Thank goodness for the PTA. But that was never a thing I was going to do either. Like I try to avoid those things if I can for sure. Um, what do you think, what do you think is the, the hardest part of balancing parenting and mother or like parenting and business? I think probably for me, it's like the awareness. Like I try to consistently stay aware, like, okay, Becca, are you leaning too far into the business and kind of like brushing by all of the home and personal life stuff? And also I tend to have a tendency to do the other way around too. Like sometimes I'll be like, you know what? I need a little break from work. And then I just go off and ignore my companies for like five days straight. And I'm like, thank God we have awesome teams in both companies that are like running it and doing really well. Um, so I try to bring aware, just like bringing the awareness every day. Like, am I balanced? Do I feel balanced? Have I accidentally, 
have I accidentally slid into um, one side or the other a little bit too far? And to be honest, if I'm aware, if I can just notice, um, then I usually can course correct pretty, pretty yeah. easily. I think that, yeah, I think that's so good because I think we all do that, right? I think especially I have the tendency to go all in on the business to the exclusion of probably taking care of myself first and foremost. That's the part that like falls down for me. But I do, when I'm off, I'm off. And people who know me well and are kind of like in my inner circle, they know if I'm out on vacation, I'm literally out. Like I won't pick up my phone. I don't reply to texts. Like I'm completely off the grid. And I think we need that. But I do agree that you have to be careful that you don't accidentally fall off a cliff too far one way or the other at any given time. Yeah. And I think as long as it feels healthy, like whenever I go off the grid, sometimes it feels really healthy and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it feels like it's like I have PTSD from back in the day when I used to work like 90 hour weeks and I wasn't sleeping and I was working my face off and I like hated it. And, you know, I didn't have the wherewithal or the knowledge on how to delegate and how to run a business um, in a better fashion. So like, I think that there's part of me and I use the word PTSD lightly, but I mean, it really was like kind of traumatic, you know, the way that I ran my businesses for a long time. And so sometimes it feels unhealthy whenever I unplug because I'm like, oh, this is like some of my old history coming up and me like neglecting it. Yeah. Whereas other times it can feel really healthy. I disconnect from my business and I'm like, I am intentionally disconnecting. Everything is laid out properly. My team is on it and I am on vacation and enjoying my family. So again, it's just the awareness of how are we balancing and why are we balancing and like, why are we choosing to disconnect? Is it for a healthy reason? Is it, is it not? Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about, let's talk about your business progression. Like give everybody a little idea of where you started, like where you would say the beginning of your entrepreneurship story started, and then where are you now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I never thought that I wanted to be a business owner. In fact, um, around the age of 23, 24, I felt pretty lost. Um, I had just been kind of like a party animal my whole life and (laughs) went to college and did um, kinesiology sports medicine, which you can either be a PE teacher or you can go on to you can like go on to PT school, like physical therapy school. And I wasn't feeling really called to do either one of those. So I just kind of kept waitressing. And to be honest, I was like, woke up at 23, 24. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? I ended up going to massage therapy school. And in massage therapy school, they had all of these business classes for people that, you know, you had to take the classes and it's in case you want to open your own business. And I never paid attention to them ever. I never thought I would own a business. My goal was to get out and work for a chiropractor or a physical therapist or somewhere that I could do really deep tissue, like sports, athletic work. Um, And so I graduated and I went on to do exactly that. Mm -hmm. And the entrepreneur bone wasn't, you know, born until I was at the chiropractor's office where I had been hired and he was working me to death. I mean, I was working 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday. But on Sundays, he said, you know, on Sundays, you're allowed to come in and see your own family and friends and patients and just keep 100% of the money. Um, All you got to do is, you know, make sure the lights are out and you take care of the place. And I was like, cool, sounds good. And it took a total of like maybe two Sundays before I realized 
<laughs> holy crap, like I'm making more on a Sunday than I am Monday through Saturday because I'm keeping 100% of the profits, right? Uh-huh. And Sam, when I tell you a beast was born, I cannot, <laughs> that is an understatement. I was like, holy crap, like, yeah. what am I doing? Like, I could just go rent a room for, I don't know, 400 bucks a month or some crap shoot room, you know? And like, I could pay that with two days of work and then keep the rest for myself, like my mind exploded. And I instantly wished I had listened in business classes. Yeah, at can we come back and take those classes? I know I've graduated, but can I come back and get <laughs> that, please? Yeah, seriously. So I ended up renting this really small, non-air-conditioned, non-heated closet <laughs> in the back of this CrossFit and Jiu-Jitsu gym. And I was friends with the owner and he let me kind of basically squat there. I traded it for um, massages with him. And that is where Massage Strong was born. I created a niche here in Lexington. I wanted to change the way that people saw massage. Like it's not just a luxury. It's like, this is what you do whenever you want to have a fit body and you want to feel good and you want to be pain-free and maintenance is important, right? And uh, so to make a long story short, it started out of a closet. We now have two really big locations, um, beautiful. We just built them out in the last couple of years. We have over 40 employees and um, it's going. We see thousands and thousands of people every month and it's, it's a cool company now at this point. Well, that, yeah. Like, that's just half of you, but that... That half, right, that business half, I think that is so inspiring to somebody who maybe, maybe somebody listening is still in the closet, right? Maybe they're still at that stage in their business. And it's like, that's, that's where you can go. Like, that's what the potential is with hardcore fucking belief in the fact that you can actually get there and then as the title of the podcast says, right? The grit to like stick it out for as long as it takes doing what it takes to generate that future vision of yourself, right? Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, I think that my saving grace with that company and and my online company was like, back then I never looked further than like the next step. I genuinely, like when I was in that closet, I never thought about having a business with like 40 employees. I never thought about building out my own location. I never thought about any of that. Like that would have given me a heart attack and I would have frozen. <laughs> but I did know that when I, you know, was maxed out with clients, the next thing I could do was hire someone to help me, which yeah. was terrifying. The first hire was super terrifying, you know, but I did it. And then I knew that the next step was to get that person maxed out. And then when that person was maxed out, I could hire one more and get that person maxed out. And like, I never looked past that. Like, that's how far ahead I would look. And then before you knew it, I had like four, five, six, seven people. And I was like, okay, you know, around the third person, we couldn't fit in that little closet anymore. So <laughs> we went on to get a bigger place with more rooms. And then we grew out of that in six weeks. And we went on to get another bigger place with more rooms. Uh -huh. And that is really was the ticket to my own success in that company was not allowing myself to look any further than what needed to be done next. Um, because I think I would have just 
pooped my pants out of fear. I would have been so afraid. Like, honestly, I would have been yeah. too afraid. Um, and yeah. And so, yeah. It's crazy. That's yeah. I, and I, I feel that very deeply. I feel like sometimes um, you start to get a vision of what's possible, but it is, you, you know, it has to be 15 steps down the road. Like it's not tomorrow. Tomorrow is not going to be the multi-million dollar business owner. It takes all the little steps. And I think sometimes where we forget that there's from here to there, just do the next thing, right? The next, it, it's kind of like eat the frog, right? Yeah. Just one little bit at a time until you're done that frog and then go to the next one and go to the next one and not worry so much about like, what platform do I need to have to create the business that I want that's five years down the road? Who cares? The platform doesn't even probably exist on the internet yet. So don't worry about it. You'll get there when you get there kind of idea, right? Yeah, I completely agree. And um, I, it kind of went the same way with my business coaching. So I was debopping around building massage strong, right? And it was building very quickly. And a lot of my friends were asking me for business advice. And I quickly became obsessed with business. Like every podcast that I listened to, every book that I read was all business. Like I was building this massage place literally blind. Like I didn't know how to run a credit card in the beginning. I didn't know how to have a website. Like I'm like teaching myself all of this. I'm like sucking down knowledge as fast as I can, trying to learn it on the fly. And I ended up in that, you know, first couple years, just becoming massively more knowledgeable in business. And I had all of these friends kind of asking me like, Hey, how are you doing? this? Like, what's going on? Like just two years ago, you were uh, partying balls downtown and like just sleeping all day. Like what's happening. And um, I became very passionate about growth and started talking to them. They would take me out. They would pick my brain. We would chat about business. I would give them advice. And at the time I was still massaging here and there. And I remember having this one client come to me and she said, you know, I come because I love your massages, but I really come here straight up to pick your brain. Like I do. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's pretty funny. And I went home that night and I told my husband and he was like, why don't you monetize your advice? Mm -hmm. I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, like a business coach. And I was like, that's not real. That sounds stupid. <laughs> I love that you're like, no, Mark, that's not a thing. I don't know what you're talking about. No, I had no idea. I was like, that is not a thing. I did not, I had never aspired to be any type of coach or mentor or any of that. I had no idea. I had no clue, no clue. Yeah. And um, he was like, no, yeah, you can charge for your advice. He was like, kind of like a membership to your brain. And then boom, just like that, Beast was born again. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> there are so many people that want, business advice. And so uh -huh. I went back to that girl and I said, Hey, like, um, I'll give you business advice and you know, we could, we can still do your massages, but we, why don't we do this separate thing where you can actually enjoy your massage and then we'll go get <laughs> coffee, you know, once a week or something. And that's when it started. I mean, I had a client the first day that I ever decided to be a business coach and she signed on. I think it was like, it was like $400 a month for like five sessions with me or something like that. And um, I, I think I got maxed out with one-on-one -on -one clients within like three months. That's so funny. Like that, that is very much the story I think of so many business owners where it's like part of the way that I think I always can identify an entrepreneur or a business minded person is where 
something that they're doing all of a sudden becomes something that they can have a business around, right? And it's it's not just identifying it. Because I think a lot of times maybe you have that like, Mark could have said that to you and you could have been like, no, that's ridiculous. Like I am a massage therapist and I have this business, this bricks and mortar business. Like I'm not, I'm not going to take that on, but it's like, oh, wait, I keep seeing all these breadcrumbs of this thing. And now I'm going to jump. Now I'm going to actually give it a go and let's see what happens. Let's try. And I think, I think most entrepreneurs and business owners can look back and see that that's the personality they've always had for whatever the kind of trajectory of their life. It's always been that way. Like, all right, let's try this. It might suck. It might be fantastic. Really have no idea, but willing to fail. Is there, is there a story that like comes to mind when I say like willing to fail? Is there one that sticks out to you? Like, yep, that was my pivotal failure or really impactful failure? Oh man, I have failed at everything. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. I don't know how to answer that. I have failed at everything I've ever done. You know, like I didn't know when I say I didn't know how to run a business, like not even a little bit, like no entrepreneurs before me in my family tree, no advice from anyone. Like I'm thumbing through books, trying to learn everything. I'm throwing spaghetti against the wall things. I never took it personally, you know, like when things didn't work, they just didn't work. And I always looked at it from like a science experiment Mm -hmm. type of mindset. Like this is either going to work or it's not going to work. Right. So I would throw something out there and it would either work and I would try to like tweak it a little bit and hone it in and make it better. Or it would just not work. And then even then I would still try to tweak it and hone it in and make it a little better. And then if it flopped again, I would just be like, okay, this might not be a good idea. Yeah. But you know, the failures, I mean, I got turned down for business loans like 11, 12 times before I got my first loan. Um, at one point I had like already signed the lease to build out my own company before I had the bank loan. <laughs> so I didn't even have the bank loan set up. I signed my name on the dotted line and then it was like, okay, boom, you've got 25 days to start building. And I didn't have an $80,000 loan that I needed. And I like had no rapport built with the bank. So I was literally going around trying to piece together a loan from people that I knew yeah. and just failing over and over and over again and looking dumb and like finally eventually getting the loan. Um, and then it's a whole nother story with the online business. You know, mm-hmm. I finally felt like I mastered the brick and mortar and I started this online company. And like I said, it started one-on-one, but one-on-one, you can only go so far. Like I was maxed out pretty quickly. And I was like, I know I could help more people. How do I do this? And so I started learning about courses and, and like being able to scale. Right. And, you know, my first few webinars were just trash and my first few like posts and, um, blogs and podcasts and all of that, it was just, garbage. And I say that with love, but it was, and now it's not because I practice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's that, it's that gritty, like tenacity, right. Of like, well, okay. All I can do is try, put all that I've got in it. Right. And then move forward and see how it goes and be willing to accept that sometimes the ideas are just plain shit and they don't work. Or sometimes it needs a lot of like kind of renovation in order to make it make it work. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think your threshold for failure just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, like we're sitting here on this podcast, um, you know, just a couple of years ago, the, it was like the first time I'd ever been interviewed on a podcast and I prepped for it for like five days. I sweated about it for like two days. I was nervous all the way up to it. And then I couldn't wait for it to air. And then it was like, like, I was just so afraid of failing it or like saying something dumb or whatever, you know? And like every podcast I've ever guested on, it's, your threshold for failure gets bigger. You become a bigger person. You become bigger than the failures that are presented in front of you, right? And so to where you get to the point where like, I was literally chopping chickens and onions when you re- sent me the reminder and I ran down here with my headphones because I was so excited to be on your podcast. But like, there was none of that worry and that concern like there used yeah. to be. Same with like, if I needed to go get a business loan right now, I could do it without sweating. If I needed to get on a, Facebook live or an Instagram live or do a webinar, there just wouldn't be the sweating. Now, with that being said, it's all relative. So a lot of the stuff that I'm doing right now that does make me sweat, like the really scary things, like the teaching classes with 2000 people in it and like that kind of stuff, hopefully won't be the case in about a year or two. It'll just be something new and bigger. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you'll just be sweating, but it'll be something different. Right. And it's, yeah being willing to sit in that sweaty place, knowing that you will get better because every other time has been an example of getting better, right? Yeah. And I think that people that are willing, I don't think everyone was made to be an entrepreneur. I, I, I don't, I don't think, I, agree. I don't think everyone wants to be an entrepreneur, right? But of the people that want to be an entrepreneur, it's like, which ones are willing to be uncomfortable enough? Like, a lot of times when people come to me and they say, I want to start a business, but I can't even imagine like trying and failing or looking dumb. I'm like, you shouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't do it. Like failing and looking dumb hurts everyone. It hurts your heart. But like, are you willing to do it and then do it again and do it again and do it again? You know? And like, those are the people that succeed. Yeah. It's that is, that is the reality for everybody. And I think anybody, I always, I say to clients all the time, we so often get the final version of the story, like the current chapter that somebody's in. And we see that and we think, I'm not there yet. I should be more X, Y, Z. I don't have that part sorted out. And I think you have to be willing to go through the shit, to do the sweaty stuff, to to fail and get up and fail and get up and like really have to think, is this the thing I'm really willing to do? And I think if you don't have that drive or that, I don't know, willingness to be uncomfortable, it makes it so much harder. So just accepting it's going to be really uncomfortable right from day one and you don't know how, but it is then you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay because you're going to keep slogging through all the shit. And one day you're going to be in the middle of your book, right? And be able to look back and see all the crap that you've accomplished. And I think that was one thing that we've talked about like on different different um, occasions. So often how entrepreneurs will look back and talk about the shit, talk about the beginning, talk about the hard because eventually it does get easier. It does get more streamlined. You feel competent, at least in what you're doing currently. And the new thing is, you know, back to disaster generally. Um, And I think new entrepreneurs just need to really believe that, believe that the beginning chapters have to come before the middle chapters. 
And I think sometimes we see that that is a challenge for for business owners. Do you see that in your kind of realm as well? Yeah, of course. I think that I think I think business is patient. Yeah. It's like you have to be patient. You have to be willing to put yourself out there 30,000 times before you hit your goal. Like you have to be able to wait. You have to be able to trust, right? Like if I wanted to, you know, grow an audience for my course and I tried three times and it didn't work <laughs> and I just didn't have the patience to continue, like I wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's why it takes such a, it's like such a carved out type of mindset that you have to have to be able to succeed in business, which is I'm just going to keep doing it and I'm going to keep trusting my product and myself and my service and my team that we really are on the right track. And like this will all click into place eventually one day. Yeah. And, um, and really just celebrating the small things, like being able to celebrate the smaller wins along the way and not just getting caught up. And it sounds so cliche, but it really is true. It's like being able to get, like have gratitude for what's actually happening. Like I could sit here all day and say, well, I haven't made my, my goal yet of $10 million. Like still haven't made it, still haven't made it, still haven't made it. Or I could focus on like, oh, look, like this webinar converted higher than any of my other ones. Like I must be on the right track. Yeah. Or, oh, like, look how many people are being added to my email list this month. Like, that's more than I've had in a long time. Like, that's the kind of stuff that keeps me going as I'm on my way to my goals and not just obsessing over my one goal. Yeah. 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 That is that is something that is so hard, I think, when you're knee deep in it. And it's like, it's that concept of looking for the evidence that it's working as opposed to the evidence that you're still so bloody far away, you're never going to get there, right? Because there's there's both piles of evidence at any given time, and it's just choosing which way do you want to like direct your vision, right? You don't you don't want to look at the pile of shit. You want to look at the pile of like all the really big, really little, really microscopic things that show you're somewhat on the right track in some way. Yeah, absolutely. And our brains were designed to look at the pile of shit. Like, yeah, we are created as humans to only look at the things that aren't working. Yeah, right. Because we need to survive. We need to thrive. We need to figure out what needs to change strategy wise so that we can survive. Yeah, we are literally wired to look at the crap. You have to do like an override of your brain and be like, no, I'm choosing not to look at all of the reasons that this could be going down. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to just look at all the reasons that it is still afloat and it is it is rising. Yeah. What do you think when you look at your life now compared to like in the closet life, right? Or attending life back in that day. What do you think is the one, if you could talk to like Becca from then, what would you tell her? What would you tell her about just the journey that you get to be on? Is there something you would go back and tell her? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think I would go back and tell her, thank you. You know, I, I remember just being exhausted and I did things a really hard way, which is why I'm a business mentor now so that I can tell people like, Hey, you don't have to want to die every night when you go to sleep and you don't have to wake up just thinking about your business all the time. You can actually live a great life and your business is like this thriving, rich thing that's happening on the side. Yeah. But like, I didn't know that at the time. And 
I really was exhausted and I was in the midst of having our third and our fourth kid. And I was like always pregnant, always breastfeeding. I was like carrying my, my breast pump everywhere with me, like on lunch breaks, pumping in my massage room, eating, exhausted, getting back on my feet, doing the next massage, dreaming about the massage building. And like, I just love her. I'm so glad that she was as driven as she was because I remember her saying all the time, something that I used to say to myself all the time. I remember being like, Becca, do it now while the kids are really young. Yeah. Like if you can work yourself out of work, if you can grow these companies to where you, you have teams and you don't have to live your life working like this, the kids will never remember. Like my youngest uh-huh. kids were like two and, and zero when I finally started being able to not really work too much. And I'm just so thankful that she, my past self, put in the time and the effort and had the patience to build what she built so that now at the ripe age of 33, I basically feel like I'm retired. I really do. Like, and, and I'm just so thankful for her. I wish you could have told myself that a little bit earlier, because now I'm, you know, 10 years older than you. And I look back and I think the same, I had such a, the path to getting to entrepreneurship was always there. So I had a dad who, I still have a dad, that would be weird if I no longer had one, Um, but he had a company growing up. So I always watched him and wanted to be the boss. I loved the concept of being a boss. And we moved all around and I did all the breastfeeding kid thing, country to country to country, right? And it was only upon um, getting to the States and realizing I did not want to keep requalifying for all of these finance jobs that I was doing every country I went to only to then move to a new country where my stuff was no longer relevant in any way, and then getting that bug. So at that point, my youngest, Harrison, was little too. Like he was brand new human when we moved to Texas. He was like eight weeks old. And the other people were only like, you know, 20 months ahead of him. So it wasn't like there was, there was a lot of gap there. And yeah, I agree that that same appreciation for that Sam who just in the depths of exhaustion and living in a new country again and trying to figure out who I was as a human being let alone who I was as a potential business owner, just being willing to do it, right? And being willing to read all the books and DIY a website with no knowledge of how to do that. By the way, don't do that. If you can avoid it, it's hard. Um, All of those things, just stumbling until I was finally crawling and then doing a little bit of walking and then eventually starting to run. Um, And doing it as a mom, I think is no joke. Like I think people, people often will say to me and probably you get the same where it's like, how do you do it? How do you do it with four kids in this? And it's like, well, of course I'm going to do it. What is my option? I am all in on my business. I am all in on being a mother. I'm not going to drop them off at the fire station. That's not a choice. Like they know who they are now. It's not going to work anymore. Like we just do it. I think we're just that acknowledgement that women are strong as shit, like, and capable of doing these things with strong partnerships, with belief in ourselves. I don't know. Do you get that too? Do people look at you like sometimes in awe, which feels like, well, that's just who I am? Yeah. I mean, I think people 
are always looking at me and my husband like that. Like we have four kids and not just four crappy kids. Like they're very well behaved. They're excelling in what they do. They eat healthy. They don't really, you know, throw tantrums. Like they're, they're just really great kids. And on top of that, we really enjoy decorating our home. Our home looks like it's out of a freaking Pinterest board. Right. And then on top of that, like, we have these businesses and we eat really healthy and we work out and people look at us and they're like, what the fuck is happening? Like what's going on? And, and to be honest, this is what I think it is. And this also goes into what you were just saying, which is, well, I wish I had known that 10 years ago. And I want to talk to any listeners out there that are feeling like they're a little bit older or feeling like, dang, I wish I would have known sooner. The fastest way to grow your business always, always yeah. expedited process is through hiring a mentor. And I think that this is why my lifestyle is the way that it is and it has the high standards that it has because I have invested in myself so much. I have invested in life coaches, health coaches, marriage coaches, parenting coaches, business coaches. Like my businesses grew as fast as they did because I was forking out money that I did not have <laughs> knowing that I was going to get uh, knowledge and like mentorship that I needed to grow the business. And it was like, okay, I could spend two years trying to figure out this problem or I could pay someone $10,000 and they could figure it out for me in 30 seconds and give me the answers. It's literally cheating. Coaching is cheating. 100%. It's looking off of someone else's paper and finding the answers and then doing it for yourself instead of going home and studying for two weeks. Right. Ah, yeah. And so to me, it's, it's like, of course, get yourself a coach. If you don't like the way that your life is running, if you don't like the way that your marriage is running, if you don't like the way that your body feels like go and cheat. Get the answers from someone else and the support from someone else and, and do it. And so like, if you're feeling like if anyone in the audience is feeling like they're a little too old and you want to be successful in the next two years, yeah, right now, like immediately go get a coach and ask them how to do it and then do that. Yeah. And that's the recipe. That is a hundred percent. Cause that even though, yeah, am I 10 years older? A hundred percent. But I also, I agree completely. That's what I've done right? I DIY'd for a fair amount of time, thought that was terrible. There had to be a better way. And then I absolutely skipped straight to the cheating, straight to the hire as many people who are farther down the path than I am that can help me right now in, yeah, the same for me, right? Almost every aspect of my life, it's like, please help me. Please help me. You already read all the books. Like I get a lot of I get a lot of clients that say to me, like, did you actually read all those books back there? And I'm like, oh, that's like 10% of the books that I've read. That's probably what I read in like a couple of months. Like, but it, I'm willing to share that knowledge. I think there's so much, it's so important for coaches, whoever, mentors, whoever you have in your life. They are people who are willing to like, I have digested this information. I've internalized it. I've used it. I've tried it. And I'm willing to share that. I'm willing to give you what I have learned along with what hasn't worked, what does work, what my thoughts are from all of the stuff that's in my brain, right? Like that, I love that idea of like the membership to my brain. That is essentially what any coaching business is. And I do think you're kind of ridiculous to not invest in that way, to not trade money for somebody else's brain who's already done it really, really, really well. Well, and if I'm being frank, I just think it's a lack of commitment. 
I mean, it shows up as fear. It shows up as worry. It shows up as I don't have enough money. It shows up as excuses, excuses, excuses. Yeah. But ultimately, like if you were faced with a business that you wanted to build, and I'm just going to use business coaching as an example, but this could also go for health or relationships or whatever. Yeah. You knew that this business, you were going to be with it for the next 60 years. Like you were fully committed to it. You weren't going to leave it. Then you would invest in it. You would. Mm-hmm. You you would invest in it to make it bigger, to make it better, to make it more lucrative, right? Uh-huh. Like if you know you're going to be married to your spouse forever, there's not a doubt in your soul and you guys are having problems, like you're having issues, you guys are fighting a lot, but you know for certain that you guys are never going to split up, you would invest in getting it fixed. Yeah. Right? It's like you live in a house and if the water heater breaks, you invest in it, you get it fixed because you're not moving. Yep. Right? You're committed to that house. And it's the same in business. It's like if you're com- if you're not investing in it at all, then I wouldn't even look at it as a fear thing. I would look at it as a commitment problem. I love that. I, yeah. And I, I agree wholeheartedly because if, if you don't, and I think this is the, the thing, and I know you get this too, like I don't have the money. I can't come up with the money. We have that conversation with potential clients all the time. And I kind of believe in like calling bullshit on that too. Like, no, maybe you don't have like a sack of cash sitting beside you on your desk. That's possible. I'm willing to believe that. But I'm also willing to believe that if you want something bad enough, there are enough examples in anybody's life that it's like, how, how can you, what could you do? What can you creatively put in your path that allows you to do that? Is it borrowing money from somebody? Is it going to get a bank loan a thousand times until somebody actually says yes. Is it putting it on a credit card and knowing damn well you're going to work hard enough to pay it back off? Whatever that looks like, right? And I think that 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 level of investment is, I know we talk about, you know, you buy a bricks and mortar, you decide to open a bricks and mortar restaurant, something like that. You are doing all the investment up front. A huge portion of that investment is like you're buying food and training staff and having them come in and cooking things and all of that before you serve one hamburger to one human being and make $9, whatever you make for a hamburger. And online businesses, I think, are notorious for feeling like somehow there's a zero investment to growing an online business. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the difference between a successful online business and an online business who doesn't go anywhere and kind of is that hobby jobby where it's something that occupies your time and doesn't generate any profit for you in the bottom line ever. Yeah, I get it. And I think that, you know, there's a threshold when it comes to courage and investing that grows as you grow. Like, yeah, I remember being terrified. I remember the very first coach that I hired, she said it was $10,000 to work with her for six months. I did not understand that kind of money. Like, I think at the time I had like, a thousand dollars in my bank account or something. And I was like, proud of that. Yeah. And I had to put it all on the credit card and then pay it off. But the thing was like, when I hired her, she gave me secrets that I didn't know at all that literally just like 10 X my income immediately that I would have spent years trying to figure out. Yeah. And then I had another coach after that, and it was $25,000 for six months. And then after that, it was 50,000 for six months. And now after that, like I'm paying like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in coaching. Like I just spent 20,000 just to go to a five day seminar, you know, but like every time I leave those things, I leave with answers that I didn't have before that are going to skyrocket my business. And so my brain is like holding all of this information that I have chosen to invest 
Mm -hmm. into, right? And it's like, no wonder my clients are getting the results they're getting. It's because Mm -hmm. I'm investing, right? And you want a coach that invests in themselves. You want a coach that has a coach, right? So yeah. And I would even say this to other people that are listening, like no matter what business you have, no matter what industry you have, if it's not going well, my first question is how much are you investing in your own brain? Because when you invest in your own brain, you become more knowledgeable, but also more inspired. And that's the only way to be inspiring to other people to want yeah. to buy from you. The only way to get people to want to buy from you, whether you are selling bricks or a coaching service or spatulas or whatever, is to inspire them to buy. That's literally what selling means. Yeah. But the only way to become inspiring to them is to get inspired yourself. And to get inspired yourself means investing in your brain. Yeah. And so that, stay tuned for more recipes. <laughs> Exactly. Along with the chicken and onions you were cutting, also invest in your brain for the love of all things holy, please. For the love of all things holy, do it. Exactly. Well, okay. So I want to wrap up our conversation today with this question, which is almost possibly the answer you just gave, but let's see if it is. I want to know what you think you have done to grow your businesses that most people are unwilling to do. So let's say over and above the like deeply invest in your own brain and your own development. What do you think Becca Pike does that nobody else is willing to do that made all the damn difference? Um, I think it is putting my fitness first. Okay. I think that's what it is. I think that when I am not fit, I go through phases. But overall, as an adult, I have stayed quite fit my whole life. But I have been unfit during pregnancies. I've been unfit during sicknesses. I've been, you know, I've let myself go here and there. And I noticed a very, very massive difference in my um, determination, in my energy, obviously, but also like in my mood. Mm -hmm. I noticed that when I am eating well and working out, I am exceptionally driven. I am exceptionally hungry for growth. I am exceptionally hungry for um, making moves and I have more energy. And so to me, it's almost like if my business isn't going the way that I want it to, my first question is like, how much sunlight have I had? How hydrated am I? Like, how much have I been working out? And I take it very seriously. Like my fitness is my business and my business is my fitness, even though they are completely unrelated. I never talk about fitness in my coaching business, you know, none of that. But I think that's the ticket because sometimes I look at people and this might sound judgmental and that's fine too. But like, sometimes I have clients that, you know, their businesses aren't going well and they're exhausted and I'm looking at them, I'm looking right at them and they look exhausted and they look like they haven't seen the sun in forever and they look like they're hungover and they look like they're not putting enough water in their body and I want to ask them like when was the last time you had a vegetable and a chicken breast like are you okay and I want to sit there and give them all this strategy you know like okay this is what you should be doing in your business and this and this and this but what I end up doing is saying like you got to get up you got to go move like what I'm seeing in front of me is not lack of knowledge. It's like lack of energy. It's lack of like ability to get yourself out of bed and get going. And it's, it's physiological. It's not mental. It's like, yeah. you got to go and get up and, and work yourself. 
because really like working yourself physically equals disciplined mind. Like you have to be a disciplined mind to work out. Yeah. And you have to work out to have a disciplined mind. And if you're lacking a disciplined mind, it is likely because you're lacking a disciplined body. Yeah, that would be it for me. So what would you say to anybody who's out there like, okay, I hear that. It feels hard from where I am right now, but like, how do you start? How do you start incorporating that in when you feel like all you're doing is working, if that's where people are? Because I think a lot of people live in that place of like, okay, I'm mumming the best I can. I'm working my ass off. Like, where do I even fit that in, in my day? How do I, how do I start that journey? I would tell them start or end your day with a 20 minute walk. That's it. Start or end your day with a 20 minute walk. And if you want to get real crazy, (laughs) watch your hydration and count your ounces. You should be drinking at least half of your body weight in ounces. But I shoot for more than that. Um, I shoot, I weigh, I think 175. I shoot for 120 ounces a day. Um, So if you want to go as basic as possible, get outside and walk, even when it's cold, even when it's raining, even when it's still dark outside, even when you don't want to, like, that's it. Yeah. Like that could, that to me, like that, if you're not walking at all or you're not outside at all, that could increase your business by like 20%. Yeah. I agree with you completely. My husband always says this generally when I don't want to do things, but he's always like energy begets energy, right? So expend a little energy, you get tenfold back. And I think that is true in business. And I think it's true in physical movement as well. That, yeah, you just all of a sudden fire up those synapses and you're capable of going out and thinking like, I have more business thoughts when I am on the bike or when I am walking the dog or when I'm moving in some capacity than I do sitting here with a piece of paper trying to make notes on some something I'm trying to break through on. That never happens, right? So, all right, Becca, I think that the She Needs Grit audience is just going to be so excited to have had you on here today and so excited to just like soak up all the, all the Becca goodness um, that I didn't want to keep just for myself. So where's the best place that you want them to find you if they need more Becca in their life? Where do you want me to send them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, They can come and just binge my podcast. I have a podcast as well. It's called The Hell Yes Entrepreneur. It can be found on all major podcasting platforms. Uh, A new episode drops every single Wednesday. That's perfect. Yeah, ditto. This was wonderful. I loved it. Thank you. 